Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. I knew games. I loved games. This was like, right. I don't know, just something I could never shake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Welcome to Game Dev Advice, the game developer's podcast. Your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies, starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call. 224-484-7733 or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. This episode is a bit different from the normal format, but I think it's important to talk more about these topics plus share how to get help. My guest is Jay Lin, the hotline director of the Games and Online Harassment Hotline and a mental health advocate for video game spaces. They have a background in queer community health and suicide prevention with roots in collegiate esports. Jay is also a community organizer around trans liberation, queer arts, and racial justice based in Austin, Texas. Hope you enjoy this. Hey, Jay. So uh, where are you calling in from tonight? Uh, I am here in Austin, Texas. Beautiful part of the country and, and a growing area, too. That's, that's nice. Yeah, I really love it here. I've been here for about 10 years. That's, that's OG uh, <laughs> for, for Austin. Right? Um, so kind of tell me about your, your current role in the projects you're working on. Yeah, so I am the programs manager for Feminist Frequency, and we run the Games and Online Harassment Hotline. Uh, so I am the hotline director there but also manage um, our other programs, including a new project we just launched called the Culture Shift Project. So it's, yeah, a lot of stuff coming up, growing and and moving along. It's really excited. It's really exciting. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's great to hear. So can you share about your work at the Game Hotline and the ways you're supporting game developers right now? Because that's, that's I think I initially learned about you was through GameIndustry.biz article or something like that. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, um, that, yeah, that article that you're mentioning, uh, that was around the one year kind of anniversary of the Games Hotline. So the Games Hotline hmm. launched in August of 2020. 
It launched just as a uh, free confidential emotional support resource for anyone who makes or plays games. Um, so it's all text message based. Uh, we support folks in real time. And it really came out of uh, just wow. a, a gap in a need that we saw in the games industry, as well as larger gaming spaces for mm -hmm. a place that folks could go when they were dealing with mental health uh, issues or struggles, um, mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, experiences of like toxicity or yeah, abuse yeah. in the industry or while gaming mm -hmm. online or just while being mm -hmm. online. Um, and especially, uh, as you know, the me too, uh, waves kind of keep coming and keep coming over and over again. in in the games industry, we mm -hmm. were seeing that that was really uh, bringing out a lot of reactions and feelings and and old scars uh, for folks, mm. and we wanted we really wanted a place where folks could just come and be believed and be listened to, and tell their story without kind of fear of retaliation or um, worries about kind of public uh, perception. Just to have mm. somewhere where to to talk about it. So yeah, mm. out of all of that. Um, we we launched the games and online harassment hotline and since since then we really have been able to reach folks from all across the industry as well mm -hmm. as in a whole bunch of different gaming spaces and content creation spaces so it's wow. been really cool that's great so like it, it happens in kind of walk me through it so like someone has been playing a game and there was something that happened or something you know they can just start uh reach out via text and then somebody mm -hmm. on the on the team replies back and kind of has a dialogue is that kind of how it works yeah um so to get connected to the games hotline you just text support to two three three six eight from anywhere in the u.s hmm. um and you can text in at any time our agents are online every day from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And so that's when we'll get back to you. But mm -hmm. even if it's in the middle of the night, you can text us uh, and we'll, we'll uh, respond when we're on the, the next day. Um, oh. And so, yeah, uh, a lot of folks will text us like from something that just happened and that, you know, they're having a reaction to or, or wanting to talk to someone about. Right. Uh, folks also text us about, you know, non kind of, crisis moment things like things that are just kind of ongoing of hmm. you know maybe it's not something that specific that happened in a game but maybe it's about the people that they're playing with you know maybe those mm -hmm. folks are bullying them or being hostile or i don't know just having having a conflict yeah. um right. yeah similarly at work you know maybe it is that something happened at work that day and you want to talk mm -hmm. to someone about it mm -hmm. or it's you know what's more common is just the ongoing struggle of like i it's been rough for a while and i don't know if i can keep doing this yeah. or um you know maybe something a little bit more escalated happened today but it's actually not even it's not that that's that bad what's bad is that this whole like landscape has been happening to me mm -hmm. for all of this time and and so that's i think something that's really special about um the games hotline is that we we're like made by people who have been in the game space and have been directly impacted by harassment and abuse in game spaces. And mm -hmm. so 
you know, like we, we can speak games, we get it. You, you won't have to explain anything, you know, about right. the culture to us. Yeah. Uh, and, and that means we can really just focus on you and, and what's going on. No, that's, that's, that's great. Um, so do, do people volunteer to be part of the hotline? Uh, you know, I'm just trying to visualize like how that works uh, for, for people. Yeah. So our, our volunteer agents are all trained through a more standard kind of suicide prevention, mental health, um, mm-hmm. kind of crisis intervention and de-escalation okay. training. And so they start with those core skills and then we add on additional training around um, games culture and um, online harassment and how to deal with like digital security stuff, mm-hmm. as well as um, like having harder conversations around accountability mm-hmm. uh, and how how to talk to folks who um, are experiencing harassment, but maybe as a result of as a consequence for harm that they've also caused. Uh, we mm-hmm. get actually a number of uh, text messages from folks like that. And we want to be able to offer support to them while not um, necessarily endorsing the things that they've done or minimizing um, any harm that they've caused. And so mm-hmm. we also do some extra training on that that doesn't necessarily show up as much on like suicide hotlines traditionally. Mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff. Um, can you tell me about this? Um initiative you'd mentioned the culture shift project and how you're approaching game studios. Yeah. So it's really exciting, right? We launched the games hotline in 2020. Um, that, that felt really like, you know, we want games folks to have, you know, an immediate live place to go just as an individual, right? Like as, mm-hmm. it's about people, it's these one-on-one interactions and we want folks to just have this like resource to to access and go to to deal with like whatever is going on for them right now mm-hmm. but on the other end we also know that you know the issues of you know crunch abuse harassment toxicity in the industry mm-hmm. they they aren't just individual issues it's also a cultural and systemic issue that has been perpetuated and ongoing for a really long time so yeah. this project is kind of kind of addresses the other end, right? Like if the games hotline is about, you know, people and individuals, mm-hmm. uh, the culture shift project is about the systems and structures that we're all living in. Mm-hmm. This is a new uh, program that we're launching in partnership with Take This, who uh, you might know as also mm-hmm. just a, a really wonderful um, mental health organization that has done work in games for a really long time. Right. Um, and it's a really comprehensive program that goes into game studios, you know, works with top leadership to right. bring a really like full program to the whole company mm-hmm. um, and really to look at not, you know, not this isn't your your usual like one and done harassment training video. Yeah, right. It is, this is really um, a a ground up. Let's really look at this. Let's really talk about it. Let's really look at what's going on here Mm -hmm. um, and how we can, you know, prevent and address harm that's been, that has happened, prevent harm that may happen in the future and stop, you know, even the smaller level harms uh, that may be going on right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, it's a really big project and it's been really wonderful that there's been a lot of interest and in, in buy-in, um, from folks mm-hmm. in the industry, but it's, yeah, it, it definitely is a moment where folks are feeling like 
this is needed and, and we want to be part of, we want to be part of the change in the industry. Okay. So um, game studios kind of opt into being part of this. Is that kind of how it works or? Yeah. Yeah. So game studios will, would bring this project on into, into their company and we would uh-huh. work with them to kind of tailor a, a custom curriculum uh, depending on like the size of their uh, studio or um, the, you know, the, the issues that they may already know about uh, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you kind of touched on this earlier, but like, why do you think gender-based harm happens and just keeps happening in the game industry? Like, why does this keep happening? Because uh, I ask myself that too. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a really big question. Um, and it's it's definitely what we really want to answer and look at with mm-hmm. the Culture Shift Project, um, because ultimately it's not about bad apples, right? Mm-hmm. Um a lot of the kind of current responses, and we can get into that, but a lot of the current right. responses that we have around, you know, what we do when um, someone's been accused of, of causing harm or, or sexual violence, um, mm-hmm. we've seen this happen again and again, but it doesn't seem to end when we fire them or when we, you know, kick them out of a certain group. Right. Um, because the reality is that it's it's really not about bad apples. It's not about individual behavior. Although mm-hmm. individuals are responsible for their own actions, yeah. the larger problem is that Cultural, we, right? yes, yes, we the games industry has this deeply rooted culture um, that models for us, you know, what is okay in the ways that we treat treat each other and certain people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially folks who are more marginalized and more vulnerable to gender-based harm. Mm-hmm. Um, we very much still have just like a really huge power dynamics and really, we see really strong um, lines around gender of who belongs in the games industry, who gets power in the games industry and who is disposable, right? Um, And so it is really just this like large cultural issue that has, yeah, just really deeply rooted norms. And so when we are continuously modeling the same kind of violence to each other and and rewarding it, it just, of course, it perpetuates, right? Yeah, you're right. And it's not just like, everything's perfect and there's one bad apple and you pluck the bad apple right. and um, everything goes to how it should be. There, There's deeper underlying seated issues. So um, mm-hmm. the other thing is like it, like I really look at this, the problem of gender-based harm and sexual violence as kind of like an iceberg shaped problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, the, the things that get headlines, right. Are like the Activision blizzard stuff of like, pretty like escalated sexual violence, right? Like um, really kind of more extreme cases um, Mm -hmm. of like abuse or, but the reality is that it's, it's not like we have this like really healthy culture otherwise. And then all of the sudden an extreme case of sexual violence happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually this like much larger issue below the surface, right? You have all of these like, smaller types of gender-based harm under the surface, right? Of like objectification and, you know, sexist jokes and, um, mm-hmm. you know, biased hiring retention policies, biased like HR policies that um, are more about protecting the company than about, you yeah. know, helping survivors heal when something happens. Mm-hmm. And all of these like 
littler things, those aren't the things that get the visibility in the spotlight, but mm. those are the things that uphold, that those are the things that enable the escalated things to happen. Right. Um, what do you think accountability should look like in this space and, and all the things going on? Mm, yeah. I mean, with all the stuff that we've been talking about already, you know, a lot of our current responses, we've talked about how it, it doesn't really work when we just pluck that bad apple out, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think about what's really not working about how we currently deal with gender-based harm, it's I see that it's so much punishment and it's so much shame. Yeah. Um, you know, so you either fire them from the company or, you know, someone, someone who's, you know, caused harm or been abusive, you either mm-hmm. fire them from the company or uh, if the company won't do anything, you go online, you go on social media and really like publicly shame them until, you know, something, some consequence happens. Right. right. Um, and it's not that necessarily those things in isolation are bad moves, you know, like if someone is really causing a lot of harm actively, mm-hmm. they probably do need to be removed from that yeah. position. And especially if nothing's being done, right? Like right, exactly. swept under, um, the, under the rug. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like when, uh, especially survivors who feel like they've been silenced and unheard for so long, right? Maybe you've reported something and nothing happened, or maybe you mm-hmm. tried to tell someone or warn someone, but nothing happened. And then if finally you're just fed up, right? And, yeah. and you're outraged. And of course, like you go online and, and write a huge tirade and call out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's such an understandable reaction. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so it's not to say that either of these things are bad in themselves, but what we do know is that they aren't changing behavior, mm-hmm. right? So to yeah. me, accountability is about really acknowledging what happened and acknowledging that it was not okay. Mm-hmm. It is about apologizing and trying to make things as right as you can. Mm-hmm. And it's about like figuring out how you can stop the pattern of behavior or, or not do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause also these, these behaviors usually don't come out of nowhere. It's usually, yeah. you know, part mm-hmm. of, part of a pattern or the way that you are coping with something else that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's coming out in this really harmful way. And each one of those pieces, I don't see happening, um, in a lot of the kind of mainstream ways that we see, um, uh, like gender-based harm dealt with now, right. There's no mm-hmm. acknowledgement. We pretend like it doesn't happen. Um, or we get really defensive and right. just like, you know, that's, that's not right. us. We don't right. do that. Or, or um, a half-ass apology. With right. Caveats. Exactly. No yeah. apology. And then, yeah. um, and then no change in behavior, right? There's yeah. there's nothing has changed <laughs> to stop yeah. this from happening again. Right, right. Groundhog Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so yeah. Kind of talking more about the uh, the culture shift program. You know, how was that going? Like, when did it launch? Um, can you share about the number of studios working with you? You know, some kind of more metrics and numbers around that. I'm just kind of curious. Mm, yeah, well, we we're, we're actually just launching uh, this oh. month, which oh, is wow. really exciting. Yeah, so this we've being, been, it's... sorry, and, and <laughs> I, let me just preface this: this is February twenty third, mm-hmm. so you might be hearing this later. But yeah, okay, so you're just launching yeah. in February. It's, Great. Yeah, it's it's it, we're we're actually starting with our our first studio in March. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm not able to share like more yeah, yeah. specific no, than that, that's but fine. That's fine. Um, we're, we're really excited. It's been something that we've, we've worked on and been building for, you know, I would say like two years now. And it's really, it feels really good that it's like, feels real. Um, yeah. and yeah. And it's also been, been lovely that we, we've gotten, um, quite a, quite a bit of interest and have been talking to a number of studios for, for mm-hmm. a while. And so it's, I, I'm really, really excited, um, for it to launch and get started and to see where it goes. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash game dev advice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And I'm going to throw something out here we hadn't necessarily talked about, but just see what your thoughts are. Kind of like what mm-hmm. um, what was kind of the catalyst for you to get into this work and, and what of your story are you comfortable sharing with to um, kind of talk about all these great things that you're working on? Because I, I think they're they're fantastic. But what kind of drove you to that and what kind of is your catalyst? Um, me personally or like the organization? Um, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, it could be the organization if you want to keep it a little bit more. Um, I think I can, I can answer a little bit of both. Um, for, for the organization, we, you know, this, this definitely has been a seed that was planted even when we started the, when we launched the games hotline, Mm -hmm. um, we, we definitely had this vision of like, we know that this is like a larger problem and that it's going to need like a multi-pronged approach. Mm -hmm. And so what we did was we did a lot of like looking around at like what, what folks were already doing, what work was already out there and where can we contribute the most to be, to be effective. And so we started with the games hotline because we felt like there wasn't a place where someone could go like right now to get support if they were dealing with Mm -hmm. um, sexual violence or mental health crises or um, anything else. And, and especially a place that would understand games um, and, and kind of, Right. the particular flavor of, of harassment and, yeah, and yeah. abuse and such that shows up in games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so we decided to kind of cultivate that the hotline first, right? So in 2020, we, we started that. And at the same time, we also knew that, you know, this wasn't going to be the end game. And we also needed to look at kind of systemic approaches. Mm-hmm. And so since then, we've also been like, you know, behind the scenes, also working on and, and cultivating what, you know, is now the Culture Shift Project and, and really looking at, um, yeah. yeah, like h- how to address those systemic things. Um, for me personally, my story has a lot of kind of winding <laughs> ins and outs. Okay. Um, ages and ages ago, <laughs> or not, not truly that long ago, but yeah. um, back when I was in, in college, I was really involved in collegiate esports. Um, oh, okay. It was, yeah, deep, deep in that uh, community yeah. um, here, here, here in Austin, mm-hmm. um, doing a lot of really exciting 
work. This was around, you know, 2011, 2012, which was also when, you know, esports was really kind of blossoming in North America. So it was an exciting time to be in the space. Um, And uh, yeah, I was was doing a lot of like tournament, like organizing and stuff like that. I ended up having to leave the space being pushed out uh, because of my own kind of uh, dealings and, 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 um, yeah, just because of uh, gender based violence that happened to me, you know, I mm. was sexually assaulted a couple of times. And uh, again, uh, just like dealing with the dealing with the general atmosphere yeah. of, um, yeah, just really never feeling welcomed or safe. Um, it's terrible. That's yeah. Um, but it, it was, it was such a, this is why I like that iceberg metaphor so much because right. more than anything, I remember the atmosphere mm-hmm. more than the more escalated incidents that happened. It, it really was. Um, mm. I was so excited to be in esports. Yeah. I I just kind of saw it all as a a cost of entry. Um, that this oh. is the price for me to be here, and I am willing to accept that because I just I love games so much, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so when I did eventually get get pushed out and, and had to leave, it really felt like a dream shattered for me. I really thought at that right. time, I truly believed that I would be I would be in games and in esports for the rest of my life. Like that's the career path I saw. It's what I wanted more than anything. Right. Leaving that, um, I ended up, I don't know, just kind of seemingly going a whole bunch of different directions. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, would like stream with my friends like now and then because I still loved games, but I was also like volunteering um, for a suicide hotline. And, mm-hmm. and I was also working in um, local kind of queer community work here doing like health and wellness work and mm-hmm. um, really helping to address like health equity in Austin for queer people of color. That was really incredibly fulfilling work and, and really exciting, uh, but it does, it does kind of feel very winding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, someone, someone reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm starting, I'm working on starting a hotline for the games industry that is going to be survivor centered and and about, you know, and and kind of about gender-based harm and mental health. And I was like, wait, (laughs) like Like, this is everything, like every choice that I've made in my life, like kind of has led to this. So, Uh um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it was really perfect. I had the like kind of experience and know-how um, that was needed around um, gender-based violence because I had done a lot of like sexual assault prevention work in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about hotlines because I'd volunteered for a hotline for a, a long time by then. Um, and I I knew games. I loved games. This was like, right. I don't know, just something I could never shake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I I like telling that story just because I feel like there are so many narratives of like, if you want to get your like dream job or whatever, like yeah. you need to have like a direct path, you know, like everything you need to do has to like be towards that. And yeah. I just, that just yeah. hasn't been true for me. And I really, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. That's not the real world. Right? <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyways, thanks for listening to my story. <laughs> no. And um, that's great. Right. In the sense that all those experiences puts you in the perfect position for this role, right? Because like people mm-hmm. think that they map out this strategy and they think it's a straight line to something they're mm-hmm. going to do. And, you know, along the way in their journey of life, right? Like shit happens and like, what right. is going on? And, and, and this, I'm totally going to have to change my direction and all this stuff. But then later <laughs> it kind of reveals, 
okay, this this maybe is now meant to be here. This doing this thing in this way. So, um, no, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. And um, yeah, and I think kind of to tie it back to like games industry stuff. Like, yeah. I think these types of like winding paths. It's I think it's important for us to really like acknowledge that there are multiple ways of mm-hmm. of knowing how to do something or of getting the experience you need to do something and that it might not always be linear, especially when there are incidences of, of trauma or violence involved for folks, you know, like I, you know, my story is my story, but there are actually a million stories very Mm -hmm. similar of folks who love games and, um, you know, thought it would be their dream and their whole life. And then get pushed out and some yeah. find their way back, some find a way to stay, some never return. And mm-hmm. I think um, with the prevalence of gender-based harm and and kind of discrimination and all of that in the industry, I think that's also just like something, something for us to think about, even in things that don't feel related to gender-based harm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it is really like a, a full, complete picture, you know, around hiring or networking mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, yeah. yeah. And two follow-up things while I'm thinking of it is you're right too, about the, the game industry being kind of unique. Um, and you know, whether it's in development or especially, you know, to like esports, right? Like mm-hmm. it, when, if you talk to people that don't understand the culture and, and the gaming culture, um, they may look at you like you have three heads, right? Because they, they don't mm-hmm. understand like, well, what do you mean? Like people do this or that, because it's just mm-hmm. its own kind of community. And without having that context and understanding that people may not be able to provide help or understand how to help people in that situation. Right. Because it is, there's all this nomenclature and all this kind yeah. of culture around gaming that it would, would, would seem foreign to say somebody who has no exposure to the game industry or, or, or gaming online or, you know, mm-hmm. you just, you just think about all that terrible crap that goes on when you're playing games online with strangers you know it's just like oh i can just yeah and again it's again it's not about the extreme stuff it's about the stuff that is so normal Mm -hmm. like it is wild how normal like certain phrases are in games right and if you tell someone who doesn't play games they're like kind of not able to believe you because they're like why would that why would that be okay? Why would you be in a place that's doing that all of the time? But right, to us, it's right. like really normal, you know, same with like industry stuff, industry parties, like, especially with mm-hmm. like how much uh, alcohol is really normal at a lot of mm-hmm. industry parties and yeah. industry workplaces. I think um, I, I've heard, you know, survivors tell their story a- around that and people, you know, even people who want to like, you know, be supportive, just not really being able to fully like believe you because it feels so outlandish to them. Right. And that feels so bad. That feels so bad to to be telling your story and people not getting it or seeing it. Yeah. And and thinking you're, you know, exaggerating or, right. Exactly. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. possible, but yeah. And, and alcohol tends to amplify things. So if there's something that's kind of persistent in an environment Mm -hmm. and then you, you throw the alcohol on, it's just like a, a magnifier and a, yeah and lowers a, all those inhibitions yeah and, um. and then people escalate their <laughs> right their sometimes bad or you know shit evil mm-hmm. evil behavior right so um yeah right. um and, and just to help the audience um who may not be familiar with it like you know what is your definition of of, of how you view gender-based harm like you kind of talk through mm-hmm. some examples and just kind of give people a framework so they're more cognizant of it and, and they kind of know um what that means yeah, so I would say gender-based harm is any unwanted 
sexual or gender-based behavior that intimidates or threatens, annoys a person, or just puts them in fear of their safety. Hmm. And so this is a pretty broad definition um, because really like the picture of it is, is again, like the iceberg. It's, it's so much more than just specific actions. Yeah. And what I like about this definition is that one, you know, the element of like it being sexual or gender-based behavior, I feel like makes room for and acknowledges acts that are maybe more about objectification or mm. um, make someone feel dehumanized um, in the way that they're treated because of their gender, but don't necessarily involve like a sexual act, uh-huh. right? So a- an example that I give is, you know, we've, we've heard of incidences where in a workplace, there might be kind of a group chat among just male colleagues where Mm -hmm. they uh, might describe outfits that certain female colleagues are wearing that day, kind of with the implication that the other guys should go that check them out. Um, And so, you know, this Mm -hmm. might not necessarily ever involve like any inappropriate actions or um, kind of even any contact, like physical contact with Mm -hmm the female colleagues or or other colleagues, whoever it is. Um, But it definitely is like treating some people a certain way because of their gender. And Mm -hmm. it is like really inappropriate and kind of demeaning behavior. Right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I, I kind of include that in, in the, in the iceberg. And then also this Mm -hmm. definition kind of emphasizes that it's, also more about the impact rather than than the intention, right? It's not about behavior that someone sets out to cause harm with or like do a gender violence, but um, actually it's about how it's, you know, behavior that annoys someone or threatens someone or just makes them feel unsafe. It's Mm -hmm. about, it's about the person and how they feel um, on the other side. Right. And having um, empathy to understand what it feel like having the shoe on the other foot, right? Like, um, so that they realize like, oh yeah, that's pretty terrible. If, if I was in that situation, I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times the reality is that a lot of gender-based violence happens without bad intention. Mm-hmm. I think we, we'd like to have yeah. the, they, I, they don't think of the consequences, right? Like right. they just say it, but then they don't think like, well, how does that make the other person feel? And mm-hmm. what would you feel like if, if you were in that situation? Because they're just, they, they don't think that through. They, they're, they're just off the cuff and they just say that kind of mm-hmm. stuff without thinking and, with, and because they're programmed in ways or. A lot of this is not always also targeted at a certain person. Hmm. A lot of this harm, harmful kind of environment can just happen in the workplace, not even about anyone, mm-hmm. you know, using like really demeaning language or, or just saying like a really problematic or sexist joke, yeah. you know, it could be about the game. It could be about the work. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know, it, it just, it, it automatically kind of creates a, a situation where some people feel like they aren't safe or they're not welcome. Mm-hmm. Here. Right. And, and then those compound, you know, mm-hmm. day after day, month after month, um, and um, w- can drive people just to to leave. Right. Like um, mm-hmm. which they shouldn't like people shouldn't feel threatened or, or uh, forced out. Right. That's, that's just not right. Yeah. So changing directions, you talked about games and esports. Like what kind of games are you play now or, or what are you excited about? 
Ooh. Um, every time someone asks me this question, every game I've ever played flies out of my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so I play a lot of indie games for the most part. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you remember back in 2020 when the big like Black Lives Matter stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. There was a giant like itchio for racial justice bundle with like a bajillion games in it mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. I think a bunch of people brought. They they raised a bunch of money um, okay. for Black Lives Matter and I think a, a bail project, mm-hmm. uh, which is really awesome and really cool. But it just kind of sat in a pile. And my current project is working through that whole backlog <laughs> and playing all the games I want to play in that um, in that bundle. And there's a lot of gems in there. Huh. Um, I, I recently played uh, Signs of the Sojourner, which is kind of like a mm-hmm. card puzzly conversational game. I don't know, but it's it's really brilliant. It like okay. um, it meshes the mechanic of the game, which is like a kind of a, a puzzle card game. You have to like match. You have to you have to predict what the other player's hand is and you have to try to get matches um so that's you know it's a very simple mechanic but then it's built in with um i don't know just like the the conversational pieces and the Mm. story of the game which i feel like a lot of games try to do and none have done as seamlessly and successfully as this one it it really really is so it's so cool and um even your deck it's a kind of a deck building game Mm. every conversation you have to at the end of the conversation, you take a card from the other person's deck and you you replace huh. a card in your own. And so it's just this beautiful feeling of like, like that you are, you are impacted by every interaction you have. Mm-hmm. And the more you speak to someone with a triangle shape, the more triangle shaped cards you'll have. Yeah, and, and then, but then like when you go somewhere else and you need to speak to someone with an with a circle shape, you know, mm-hmm. have you spoken to anyone with a circle shape before and how can you relate to them? And then coming back home, you know, maybe you've diversified your hands so much that it's actually not really hard to, to relate to and talk to uh-huh. the people at home who are still kind of that or those original kind of triangle shapes. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was so, so cool. Hmm. Yeah. Um, how about you? What games have you been playing? You know, I, um, just for the simplicity, like, Alto's Odyssey. I just kind of play that um, you know, at night before I'm getting ready to crash or something like that. And just uh-huh. the the art direction is beautiful and it just has kind of soothing music and you can kind of play it with objectives and, and try to keep progressing or there's just kind of like a uh, free play mode. You're just kind of seeing how long you can ski you know, before you crash. So um, yeah, it's part of the Apple Arcade and uh, um, I don't really play a lot of games, which is embarrassing. Wow. But um, yeah, this this game yeah. looks so beautiful. Yeah. It, oh, you just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and when you play it with you know uh, earbuds or headphones on, mm. it, there's like lightning sound effects, and then there's like Ooh. music. The time will change, so there'll mm. be like oh, cool. daytime and nighttime. It's I love that. Super simple mechanic. You, you're just tapping the screen and doing flips or jumps, and then <laughs> trying to do things. But it's just like um, chill way to to spend. 10, 15, 20 minutes playing a game. Yeah, I, I love mobile games, so I'll definitely need to check this out. Um, so where can people find you online? Like uh, website, Twitter, stuff like that. And part two, like how can people get involved if they want to 
help. You can find the Games Hotline at gameshotline.org and you can read more about us, our work, and and some resources we have there. Uh, And there's also a contact form there. So if you're interested in maybe like volunteering or just getting more involved, yeah, reaching out there is is the best way to do that. Another thing that's really helpful for us, especially since we're still a relatively new hotline, is really just getting the word out. Um, So yeah, telling your friends if you have a community group that has like a resources list mm-hmm. adding us or if if any if there's any time like you know something in the news or something that happened in your community or at your workplace that you know is affecting a lot of folks mm-hmm. um just keeping us in mind and and sharing that like hey i know a lot is going on or this big news thing is like affecting folks a lot right. um here's this resource that is literally for you um mm-hmm. please reach out uh, and so that's super helpful. You can find the Games Hotline on social media at Games Hotline anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that. Right. And then Feminist Frequency is at FemFreak. So at F-E-M-F-R-E-Q. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find more information about kind of the larger parent organization and, and the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we don't quite have a landing page yet for the Culture Shift Project. Okay. Um, but we'll... we'll if you follow Fem Freak, that's where we'll be like posting more about it when that is ready. Yeah. Um, and that's I on also YouTube wanna... also, right? Like I see YouTube, yes, Instagram, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Instagram, yeah. Twitter, all of that. Oh. Um, yeah. Feminist Frequency has a lot of content too. If you are interested in media and um, representations of, of women, people of color, queer mm-hmm. folks in games and such like that. Mm-hmm. And then I also, uh, because the Culture Shift Project is a, a partnership with Take This, I kind of want to plug Take This, even though I'm not yeah, a representative of them. No. Um, yeah. You can find them at Take This uh, online or at their website, takethis.org. They do phenomenal work mm-hmm. around uh, mental health in games. Um, And then finally, just to say again, uh, if you ever want to get connected to the games hotline, you just text the word support Mm -hmm. to 23368 from anywhere in the U.S. Text in anytime Mm -hmm. um, and here to talk. That's wonderful. Those resources are there and especially text, too, because that's such a... Mm -hmm. um, feels more immediate than like sending an email and it falls off and who knows if anyone reads it and all that kind of stuff. Um, Last question. What's one piece of advice you give others right now? Um, I think I want to say to just encourage everyone to practice accountability in all of the the smallest ways, Mm -hmm. Um, because it really shows up in in every part of our life and accountability. It's it's a muscle. And if we want to one day be able to really address the like most intense crises and the most escalated harms that happen with accountability, we need to first be able to address even everyday misunderstandings and everyday conflicts between all the people in our lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you tell a friend you're going to do something and you don't, or you say you're going to send the agenda before a meeting at work, but you don't, or if something comes off the wrong way and it really you can you can tell it hurt your friend or your friend brings it up to you. Yeah. Just really, you know, notice how you feel when that happens. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that it wasn't that that's not how you wish it had happened and that it wasn't okay and make an apology, see what you can do to make it right mm-hmm. and work on yourself to see how you can do that less in the future. Uh, it really is. It gets easier the more you try it. And I really want uh, accountability one day to be something that's not 
scary, but actually something that is exciting and that we all want to engage in. Yeah. It's, it's about self-reflection and self-development, right? And um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about all of us. It's not yeah. the, it's not an us versus them. There's mm-hmm. not a secret cohort of bad apples. Right. It's really, it's really about us. It's about me. It's about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to work on it together. Yeah. It's been a great discussion and thank you for your work and, and thank you for being on the show tonight. Yeah, this was really lovely. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>